Well, everybody's talking about surrogacy. The Law Commission's been talking about it, the politicians are talking about it, and we need to talk about it also. So, as I said, the Law Commission has just released its review of surrogacy laws in New Zealand. Told the government current legislation's out of date and needs an urgent overhaul. Key recommendations include simplifying the recognition of legal parents of surrogate children without going to court, establishing a national register to preserve access to genetic information and whakapapa, and allowing surrogates to receive reasonable payment for costs incurred. So the Law Commission argues that surrogacy is a legitimate form of family building that requires a specific legal framework to promote and protect the rights and interests of surrogate-born children surrogates and intended parents. And there's also a private member's bill by Labour MP Tamati Coffey to make surrogacy easier, which is currently before a select committee. And this bill will, amongst other things, make it easier to find surrogates and donors from a register, may include some level of payment, and would record some of the details of the biological parents who provide the embryo or the cells for the pregnancy. But here's the question that nobody is asking. Should we be making surrogacy and sperm donation easier. Look, we all completely sympathise with couples who cannot have children for whatever reason. And hey, we understand why some consider going down this track in order to have their own children. But this discussion tends to be focused only on the adult's rights and needs and ignores the rights and needs of the child. Ironically, in the explanatory note to the Labour MP's private member's bill, it refers to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, which talks about a child's right from birth to know their parents and to be cared for them. But surrogacy and sperm donation can go against that exact right. What is it like to find out that your true biological father's only involvement in your life was the donation of his sperm? How do you deal with the feeling of loss and rejection from your biological mother who's labelled as your surrogate or gestational carrier? Is it normal that when you see someone who resembles you, you wonder if they're related? Can you be blamed for feeling disturbed that maybe some money was involved in your conception? And what if the biological parents or parent doesn't want any contact? The identity of some donors can remain anonymous or they may refuse contact irrespective of what the child may want. But as we know, children have a deep longing to know who they belong to, where they come from, and who they look like. But the process leads to the commodification of children. There's this notion of renting a womb. As a child advocate and expert, Jennifer Lal, who's the president for the Centre for Bioethics and Culture, and I'm, uh, we're trying to get her to New Zealand later this year, she says, women are not easy bake ovens and our children are not cupcakes. In fact, one of the recent commentaries I read on this issue was from some academics at Canterbury University, and they debated who are the legal parents. Is it the biological parents or the intending parents who want the child? And these academics argued this. While a simple approach might be to designate the intended parents as the legal parents, it is crucial the surrogate has the right to make all medical decisions during the pregnancy including abortion if necessary. Oh dear, that doesn't sound like the child's rights are the focus, does it? 
Surrogacy, even when done altruistically, without payment, can objectify children and surrogate mothers, and it creates lifelong emotional issues for both. The research shows that surrogate mothers can be at increased risk for emotional trauma and psychological burden. Deep bonds are formed between mother and child during gestation, and the inability of some surrogate mothers to relinquish their babies has resulted in excruciating levels of anguish for the surrogate and in high-profile lawsuits. I'm sure you've heard of oxytocin, oxytocin's hormonal bond firmly established between the mother and her preborn during gestation is meant to be reinforced after birth by mother-to-baby physical interactions, skin-to-skin contact, eye-gazing, breastfeeding, and this oxytocin link not only facilitates key physiological processes in the baby's development, but it also helps the mother to recover after delivery, and it promotes bonding patterns between the mother and neonate and creates desire for further contact. And there's a powerful documentary called Breeders, a subclass of women, which contains very moving stories of four surrogate mothers revealing a more troubling side to what is becoming a big industry in many countries. In fact, one of the surrogates is Angelia Robinson, who agreed to carry twins for her brother and his male partner. She now says, I think all surrogacy should be banned. Everything is focused on the people that can't have children. Nothing is focused on the children themselves or the breeding class of women we're creating. And one of the suggestions in Tamati Coffee's private members bill, currently being considered by Parliament, is around certain payments for surrogates, an aspect that was also endorsed by the Law Commission report. And they said, clarifying the law to allow payments to surrogates for reasonable costs, uh, including compensation for loss of income. Now, while the text in that sounds sort of moderate, it should immediately sound alarm bells. We already know that commercial surrogacy can be exploitative because the contracting parties are not always free and equal. Surrogacy can involve treating women and children as objects of commerce or trade. And international experience shows that women most at risk of being exploited in this industry are poor and vulnerable women, especially women in poor areas around the world which oftentimes, uh, you know, results and uh, agree with financial incentives because they need the money. And the Law Commission admits that prohibiting overseas surrogacy arrangements is not a viable option. And, and surrogacy and IVF also opens the door to sex selection and the prospective designing of children. In New Zealand, you can choose a donor based on information around ethnicity, eye, colour height, education, and personality. And of course, that leads to the final point. The majority of children conceived via third-party reproduction want to know the essential parts of their own heritage. A number of donor-conceived children are starting to speak up even here in New Zealand. In fact, I read a story of a wealthy Australian sperm donor who has more than 24 children and he pleaded to keep his identity secret because he feared his offspring would want to contact him and establish relationships. Shock horror. Despite the greatest intentions of the lawmakers, there's no mandate that a donor is to be involved or will want to be involved in the child's life. It may still effectively be anonymous, except for the maybe the disclosure of some of their genetic origin. So daddy's name may still be donor. Mummy's name may still be gestational carrier. 
Interestingly, in December 2015, the European Parliament condemned surrogate motherhood, and under the paragraph on rights of women and girls, it says, condemns the practice of surrogacy which undermines the human dignity of the woman since her body and its reproductive functions are used as a commodity. Considers that the practice of gestational surrogacy which involves reproductive exploitation and the use of the human body for financial or other gain, in particular in the case of vulnerable women in developing countries, shall be prohibited and treated as a matter of urgency in human rights instruments. Yeah, many countries have banned surrogacy. Denmark, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Bulgaria, Cambodia. Why? Because biology matters, especially to the child. This isn't a sexuality issue. It's not even a marital status issue. This is a biological issue. Biology discriminates, takes a man and a woman. And we should take all steps we can as a society to meet this fundamental need of every child to know and be raised by their biological parents. Look, death, disaster, divorce occur. But as a society, we shouldn't intentionally create the separation. We would encourage you to take time to investigate this issue further. They're calling for submissions on the bill. Go to our website, surrogacylaws.nz. That's surrogacylaws.nz. Speak up for the rights of children.